If you're looking for a trusted source of natural supplements, look no further than NutritionW.com. Since 1979, Nutrition World has been a staple in the Chattanooga community with dedicated research specialists that stay ahead of the trends to make sure you have the most reliable products available at the most competitive prices. All of their supplements are vetted for quality, effectivity, and potency and shipped using the utmost care with cold packs included in each and every order. You can shop online now at NutritionW.com and choose from thousands of your favorite supplements, sports nutrition, pet, and specialty food products today. Nutrition World, partners on your wellness journey. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Holistic Navigator Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm Brian Strickland, the producer of the show, and here with me as always is Ed Jones. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing about 9.8 on a scale of 1 to 10, which is pretty damn good. (laughs) Well, we wanted to take a little time and discuss on how to put together a holistic natural toolbox to help you not only prevent, but actually fight infection. So Ed, why don't we just jump right into it? Can you talk about a little bit about how germs actually spread and some of the misconceptions of why we get sick and how we get sick? Absolutely. And I like your word misconception because we are living in a world of great uh, confusion based on dogma, based on the fact that we have a, a very fundamental type of thinking within our medical community and also the public community that has almost been written in stone about certain aspects of sickness, Uh, you know, about catching germs and about how to recover and should we lower fevers and down the list. But really and truly, I continue in my life to be drawn further to the ancient wisdom. And we're not doing that in the philosophies of health and healing in most uh, instances. Now, when we look at why people get sick, you know, there is patterns. There is no doubt. We've all been in a house with a relative who had some type of infection and we caught it. Well, we do catch germs. There is no doubt. But the issue is, how are we catching catching it? And why is it that in a family of four people that one or two catches it but the other was spared. Well, when we look at the, the true um, research and maybe even wisdom that comes about with this question, do you think you're going to get sick because you walked into the, the last breath of air of someone else who just passed you in the hallway and they had a sore throat? Yes, it can happen. But that is not your risk. The risk is actually coming generally from your fingers. Because anytime you touch a doorknob or you shake hands or anything comes in contact with your fingers, that is the carrier. That's where that germ is going to land, whether it be the flu, a cold, a sore throat, anything that is a pathogen. And, a, and just take one step back. Pathogens are viruses or bacteria. Those are, are two different things, but they certainly cause uh, incredible illness in many of us. So if it's on your fingers, How does it actually get in your body? It's generally not from you eating or touching food and then you consume it in your mouth. We have a great system, a barrier that blocks the contagiousness of germs through the gastrointestinal tract and the throat normally. 
What we don't have barriers against is touching your eyes and your ear holes and your nasal passages. Those are the three entry points for most of the sicknesses that we get. Now, when you're around someone sick and they cough on you, it is possible to breathe that in and it gets locked into the nasal passages. But there are so many steps to take that we can use to accommodate this. And so knowing that is through the fingers is bullet point one. Bullet point two is no, I do not recommend using hand sanitizer constantly because of a variety of reasons. One of which is many of those contain chemicals that are simply not uh, safe or conducive to our health if you use it uh, on an ongoing basis. Anything you put on the skin is similar to ingesting it because it's going to go into the bloodstream. There's an interesting compound called DMSO that if I put it on my feet, I taste it within 60 seconds. Well, most things aren't quite as absorbed as that, but everything is absorbed. So don't think it's just staying on the fingers. So this, the reason we don't want that is perhaps some of the chemicals that you might absorb. But the bigger reason is you're going to create more resistance. Uh, antibiotic resistance is the biggest issue today in the risk of the future of this entire world. Because once the a type of virus or type of bacteria mutates into the superbug, we don't have anything left. So when you're living your life day to day, what do you do? If you know the germs are spread by your fingers, washing it is a very effective method to move the germs out of your hands. And most of those are found under the fingernails. So you have to use uh, a type of scrubbing where you're actually not just washing the skin, but you do the fingernails. Now, the soap you choose should not have strong antibacterials in it. Soap and water alone will wash this off. We don't need to keep poisoning everything that we fear. You know, get soaps like Dr. Bronner's or get, you know, natural Castile soaps and things like that. And then thirdly, even though you're washing, we are touching something every few minutes. So know that the best wash in the world washed away what was previous, but it can't stop the future uh, pathogens from landing or touching your fingers. So I developed a habit probably a decade ago that might be the key for me staying as well as I do. However, Brian has been around me for a long time. I have a lot of staff members. Katie always, my daughter says uh, she doesn't remember me ever being sick except once in 28 years. The biggest reason is I learned to break the worst habit on earth, which is scratching your eyes with your fingers, digging your fingers into your ear holes, and then flicking your nose because all this happens without you thinking about it. If you ask a relative or a friend of yours, I want you to just touch me when you see me uh, doing one of these things. I assure you, you'll do it 10 to 50 times a day just out of nervousness or a habit. If you do nothing else, you're going to get sick 50% less. Almost guarantee it. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is such a it's a bad nervous habit and I'm definitely guilty of it as much as anybody else. But I think when you really start paying attention to actually how often you do it, 
uh, it's really kind of eye opening. Um, and it, it, it lets you understand a little bit more of, oh, this is why I get sick so frequently. And then if you have a three year old who sneezes in your mouth constantly, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't help a whole lot either. No, if it's flying at you, it's going to be as just as though you had put a finger up your nose because, you know, you're breathing and it's going up there. So, but it's, you know, it's not that difficult to break once you become uh, aware of it. And, you know, if you don't want to have someone watch you, you just watch other people. I mean, I'm 30 minutes of watching the public. You will see how many times it's touched. Mm-hmm. Well, we can move on it just to, to cover what we've spoken about. Right. So the majority of infections occur through contact. If we control our hand movements and don't touch our face constantly, mm-hmm. we're prone to get sick less. And hand sanitizers, there are other alternatives besides those that can still wash the germs away with, mm-hmm. without the harsh chemicals that uh, you can absorb through your skin. So what are some steps that we can use to reduce sickness? I know there, there's got to be some supplements that we can take that can help reduce that risk. Um, and then are there other remedies or things that you practice that can help lower that infection rate? Well, I certainly believe there is, and I've practiced it myself for 40 years, being heavily steeped in natural remedies and nutrition. I do want to make a quick history lesson here. We all have heard of Louis Pasteur. He was the French chemist that turned a microbiologist who's, you know, known for his germ theory that he uh, created based on his research. Well, there's a, his rival of the day was Antoine Bechamp who I absolutely have followed his writings and theories for 20 plus years because the germ theory holds that, you know, microscopic pathogens are are the cause of most specific diseases uh, as far as infection. And it is so uh, pervasive today, this belief that it seems so just as self-evident. It just we all accept it. But guess what? His rival, which was Antoine Bichamp, he had a totally, totally different theory on this. He was a very highly respected scientist who was, you know, really uh, was looked upon with favor with many of the professionals of the day. And what he said was that it was the terrain that counted. And what does that mean? It means that because of certain reasons, we are actually making ourselves like a sponge for pathogens. We actually harbor many of the things that cause us to be sick. But when you are super healthy or your immune system is on guard and it's on the the rate of which we are, sometimes when we're born, uh, we have weak immune systems for a few years, but then we get in that stage where we have very strong immune systems. And so Antoine Bichamp basically said, there's no need to run from germs. You need to foster the strength of the inherent immune system of the body. That is what can reduce sickness significantly. Of course, that rings true with me completely, because as long as we think that the bad guy is out there, we're going to run from them and we're going to hide. We're going to use methods. It would be like fighting a war. And really, the war to me is is. Uh, I don't believe in fighting any wars because that creates fear. It creates weaknesses. It creates a lot of uh, emotional paths and journeys that I'm not comfortable with as far as longevity. So I want to have a peaceful relationship with even pathogens. 
So I want to focus on building the fort, building the machine so that it has a tremendous resistance about the pathogens over multiplying. We can live with a ton of what we would call a negative uh, germ as long as they don't over multiply. That's the key. I mean, cancer is perfectly fine to have. We all have it at times. Then the body takes care of it if we have a good system. There'll be one day if you live long enough that it may not. But there are people who have lived 30 years with cancer as long as it stays stable and dormant and doesn't grow. Well, that's the same of you could have any germ as long as it doesn't multiply like the craziness that viruses and bacteria can do. So building the body with the correct advice is key to follow Antoine Bichamp's uh, building of the terrain. So how do we build the terrain? I guess that's the question at heart. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so much can compromise our immune systems, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, very quickly. And it can be attributed to many factors. I mean, lack Mm -hmm. of sleep, stress, uh, your lifestyle. But what are some practical steps that you do um, that help build up that immune system and help build up that resistance to pathogens? Well, here's the uh, condensed version. You could explore this for days, weeks, months, and and you could do it like me, which is an entire lifetime. And I don't have all the answers, but I certainly see patterns. And I have watched over tens of thousands of people uh, throughout my 40-year career. And when I say watch, I'm actually not just observing. I mean, they are sharing and they are... uh, I'm trying to help them be educated and they give me feedback and I watch what happens when they do certain things opposed to when they do other things or they do nothing. So I have a a PhD in observation of health. There is no doubt. Well, the biggest chunks of information I think that we all need to think about if this is important to you is number one, you mentioned it, sleep. Uh, Again, we're being led down a primrose path with the mainstream pharmaceutical thinking that if you can't sleep, then obviously you have a deficiency of Ambien. Well, of course, that's bullcrap. But it is the way that the system works. I don't live in the world of treating symptoms. I live in, in the world of figuring out the underlying true reasons and addressing it. You know, if you have a leaky uh, tire on your car and you just keep filling it with air, you know the end result is not going to be positive. So let's fix the thing. So sleep has to be addressed. Recommend you going back, listening to other podcasts. Then you go into stress levels of life. Now, to me, stress is actually positive because we become jellyfish if we simply were in a pristine environment and nothing ever happened and everything was given to us. You can see that's even stressful because all of a sudden you you don't have a life of challenge and excitement and and all the things that we come and go with as we grow older. So what I don't think is healthy is when we shove things within us down to a level where they become hidden. And I am watching and I'm connecting the dots with so many people and I've Seeing the pattern of the smiley face, the happy-go-lucky person who you would never think has any significant uh, negative issues in their life. But if you say the right thing at the right time, that smile goes away because they have bottled up so much within them 
that it will come pouring out at a weak moment. Well, those emotions speak very loudly to the immune system. They need to be cleansed. There's nothing wrong with sadness and grief and, and, uh, and all the emotions that come with a life that we have been given, which is a life of joy and sometimes great suffering. And so using a technique or some method to help you to process, that doesn't mean run from it. The American people run from negative emotions because we're programmed to have pleasure and no pain. So we watch TV, we drink alcohol, we over-exercise, we over-sex, we overrun, we overwork, we overread. All of that is not healthy because you're, you're not doing it for a purpose mainly other than distracting yourself from this emotional toxin. So dealing with the emotions, number two, huge, huge. Then we deal with the foods that we eat. I just recently did a lecture on the promise and pitfalls of the keto diet. And I was very excited to share uh, what I can share on this diet. There is no one diet for everyone. And anyone listening who thinks I'm trying to preach, uh, you know, quit thinking that because it's not true. I can see people who are extremely healthy, who do some pretty odd things. Now, I've also seen people who have stayed healthy, who do everything wrong. That is an exception to the rule. Don't let those kind of examples of of your Aunt Ruth, who lived to be 97 and smoked cigarettes and ate sausage every day, don't let that be your excuse to not make wise choices with food because the chances are you weren't dealt the same hand of cards that she was. So uh, that's an easy thing to try to put in your back pocket just so you can do what you want. Uh, Chances are you're going to be sorry if you do that. So the diet, I can just summarize it very quickly. We are killing ourselves with carbohydrates. We just are. Uh, you can do the keto diet wrong, which is a diet that has to do with high fat, healthy fat, not the old Atkins stuff, and modest protein and low to moderate healthy carbs. It's really it. Now, you have to learn how to make, you know, the fine tune it. When you do a lot of carbohydrates, you are spiking certain blood levels. Those blood levels are insulin, number one. When insulin is shooting up and down, you are disrupting the immune system terribly. Do you know that if you eat sugar like a dessert, you have about four hours after eating that level of carbohydrate where the immune system is cut in half, cut in half for four hours? Well, many Americans are eating sugar morning, noon and night. But even those of us who don't, uh, why in the heck do you think that Christmas is causing so much sickness? Two reasons, sugar and because the vitamin D is lessening because of lack of sunshine. It's not really because we're all hanging out together. If I eat sugar, I know that in four hours, my barrier is down. It's like a big fort that has a a moat around it that normally is preventing the enemy from crossing. But when I eat sugar, I'm lowering those gates down. I'm inviting the the pathogens to come in. And that's simply not what you want to do. Now, I'm not... proposing living a, a, a life of absolute uh, not allowing junk in your foods. We need this for our mental state. Just be aware of it. And so when you eat sugar, be more cautious. Make sure you don't touch those orifices. Make sure that you are taking the nutrients. So that's, a, that's the second biggest thing. And then, you know, building my toolbox of nutritional supplements every day is imperative. We talk about, uh, I think I've talked about the core four. Uh, there are 
I take 72 pills a day. No one needs to take 72, but you do need past 35 years old to be taking a modest amount of things. And the core four is a multivitamin, not the name brand Centrums and the junky stuff. I'm talking good quality uh, from, you know, a fantastic health food store, wherever it may be in your local area that knows their stuff. Uh, secondly, omega-3 fatty acids, not one that you just pick off the counter. You need one that's been tested to not have heavy metals. You need the right amount. What is the right amount? It's easy. You look on the backside, you need 2,000 milligrams of EPA, DHA. So that's the, the devil's in the details. So you got to make sure you're looking at the right label. And then thirdly is probiotics. Here's the take-home message on this. Most are worthless. Uh, if they've been shipped in the summertime and you're ordering from Amazon.com, throw the daggum thing away. These are live organisms. They cannot survive in temperatures sitting in your mailbox in the summer. Uh, and that's even if it's a good company. And lastly is a green drink. I love natural factors and green vibrance. They're the only two green drinks I will ever drink. But those core four things with, it's not, even, it's not in the four, but and then a vitamin D. 5,000 units is across the board what I recommend. And then eventually getting a blood test to make sure that it's not over or under. So if you do the core four, you're going to be boosting your immune system quite substantially if you're doing the emotional work and the sleep. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm I'm 33 and I do I I abide by the core four. Those are the basics. Those are the basic building blocks as far as supplementation is concerned. Outside of those four, is there anything else that you would recommend for me at my age to take? Well, I think, you know, individualized, personalized uh healthcare, whether it be mainstream or in the uh holistic field needs to be viewed and uh, and embraced because What's going on with you is not the same thing that's going on with the next person who walks in front of me. And, you know, that's why finding people who are helpers along your way is vitally important. The chances of us, if we talk for eight minutes, that I would kind of uncover perhaps a few other things that I would recommend. However, that's not always easy. We can't find these kind of people sometimes. That's why we are doing this podcast. But as far as you know, building your immune system, if you only did what we just talked about, the chances are you will get sick less often. Now, I know your next question will be, or you tell me the next question, but I want to talk about uh, the scenario that all of a sudden you just start feeling ill. It's, and you're getting, you don't really know what it is. Maybe it's heaviness in the face. Maybe it's you know, a throat that's sore, maybe it's just body aches, but you know something's going on that probably will prevent you from coming to work the next day. Does that sound like something you've gone through, Brian? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the majority of my sicknesses <laughs> begin with my sinuses draining mm -hmm. into my throat, and I pretty much know mm -hmm. right then and there it's going to be a week-long illness. So, <laughs> Well, and that's, that's a good segue into me uh, at least giving my opinion here. Before I get to what my personal take-home uh Emergency kit is, which I've utilized on myself many times over the past 15 to 20 years. I want to say one other topic that has to be looked at if a person is having chronic respiratory distress and illness, and that is mold. Because what we've got in, in again, the mainstream philosophy, which I find so incorrect, is many of us get this, this 
every other month or every third month, you know, that heaviness in the face, you know, you're going to get the infection. You got green mucus pouring out. You feel awful. And you, what do you do? What do the majority of people do? Well, we get so down and out, we get sick and we feel like we have to be aggressive. So we call the doc or we go to the doc. There comes Mr. Antibiotic. Well, you know what? There is a time and place for antibiotics. However, we know that every round will weaken your immune system for future defenses. One. Two is it is going to dig holes in your gut, which is called leaky gut, which then just absolutely furthers the weakened immune system. We have done a show on on leaky gut and glyphosate that I would encourage you to listen to. So and then when you but but here's why people keep doing it. When you take an antibiotic, you do tend to feel better quicker than you probably would if you didn't take it. Why is that? It's because the mold, whether it be from your house, whether it be from just your office, or really could just be harboring in yourself, which is can mold being candida and yeast also, it's all in the same family. It creates a environment that uh, is conducive to lots of pathogens wanting to live in it. And it, because it's moist, it's warm, and it has the kind of food in it that will produce more of the pathogens. So when you take an antibiotic, you are going to kill the bacteria because the bacteria actually go along for the ride on the mold. If we could eliminate candida and yeast in your body, wherever it may be coming from, you're going to get less sinus infections. So what my plan is, let's treat the candida and yeast. Let's do a preventative program. And as you lower the candida and yeast, you're going to lower your chances of sickness. Now, this is not an overnight deal. And there are remedies like oregano oil, olive leaf, uh, many yeast products. But the other part of this platform is eating less carbohydrates because that's what feeds candida and yeast. So as long as you're feeding it, it's going to be more difficult to control it. So now that we've covered the basic building blocks of supplementation and keeping your immune system healthy, what happens if you're already ill? What happens if you're already having those symptoms? Um, what would be your recommendation be on picking out different supplements? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I can give my own personal uh, examples of that. I do have to of course, legally say, you know, we're not giving medical advice. If you're sick and you follow what I say and something bad happens, I'm sorry, I'm not the one treating you and I'm not treating anyone. So go to your doctor, get permission to do these things uh, with their blessing. What I normally have in my toolbox, here's my basic list. Now, everybody can come up with different things is olive leaf and 18 percent concentration is my absolute number one go-to. I love uh, certain brands I'm brand loyal to. Blue Bonnet is one of them. I never travel without it. It truly, truly is a lifesaver for me. I have, when I felt things coming on, if I will do six olive leaf a day, which is two breakfast, two lunch, and two supper, and sometimes two at bedtime, it can be a game changer. Before I get into the further details of this, here's the other bullet point that I'd like to make. Number three, you only have between 24 and 48 hours for these things to work. Don't think that you're going to, oh, I'll wait till I get sick and go then purchase this product because I'm sure I'll be fine. 
No, you only have one to two days. And after that, it's going to run its course no matter what you do. It could be helpful to prevent a secondary problem, but it probably won't work too much on the first because once this virus or bacteria starts massively multiplying, uh, that tide, that momentum cannot be stopped by many things, including sometimes antibiotics. So my olive leaf is my absolute go-to. What do I back it up with? I am a fan of colloidal silver. Only the right brands, though, because homemade silvers are, to me, toxic. The type of silver you want to use is, there's, and I'm, again, brand-specific. Uh, Sovereign is a great company. I use, and also Dose is between 10 and 50 parts per million. In most cases, occasionally I'd grab the 500 parts per million, but I don't want it unless a specific circumstances. So if you're going to do silver and my, so my combo is olive leaf and silver. That's what I do. I carry the silver with me in my car and what, and I'll just sip it like uh, about a teaspoon every two to three hours. And then I'll take my olive leaf. It has worked 90% of the time for me if I will start it upon the first feeling of illness. Now, uh, there are other great things out there. One of which is Epicor, spelled E-P-I-C-O-R. It is, can be uh, used anytime. I do like it preventatively, but also uh, I'm not opposed to it on an acute situation. And it's funny because Epicor is actually made from a yeast, but it's not a candida yeast, so it's perfectly healthy. It's one pill per day dose. It will triple your natural killer cells within 24 hours. These are the guys that are the policemen who are going into the riots who help to control the situation. And so it's wonderful for prevention. I do one pill per day, and it's also fantastic if you jump on it quick enough. Oregano oil. I don't like it personally because, number one, I don't like the taste, and I burp it very uh, aggressively all day. Uh, But it is considered a very strong herbal compound for pathogens. It actually has some good clinical studies on it against a certain array of those pathogens. Uh, I, so I love oregano for certain people. Again, if you follow the label on the on the bottle, you're not going to get anywhere. Let me just tell you, those labels are for kind of prevention, for just the basics. You have to consider that there's two different words, uh, prevention and therapeutic. You got to be on a therapeutic dose. And because of the laws, they can't really be too educational on the label. They can't say if you're sick with a cold, we, we want you to take six of these a day. No, because that's against the law. Uh, so I've covered the five things that I truly like the very best. And I travel with them and I carry them at home and always have them handy because, again, you get sick on Saturday night and you feel terrible. You're not going to go get the product in time. So at least have olive leaf in your house and on your travels. Uh, as you go in a, and on my first aid kit, please add charcoal to it, because then if you have a stomach bug, the charcoal can be life saving if you do it early enough to make it work. So I noticed there were two things missing from your toolbox that I'm curious about what your opinion is. One, I think, is what most people turn to or what a lot of people turn to is vitamin C mm-hmm. in high doses. And two is elderberry. Now, elderberry has seen a surge of. What's the word I'm looking for, Ed? Well, certainly a surge of popularity That's across one. the whole United States. <laughs> and, and I'm glad you brought that up. I don't actually use uh, elderberry in my first toolkit. It would be in my secondary. And of course, because I'm always around nutritional supplements, 
Uh, I have access to all of these at all times. Elderberry to me, because of the research done in Israel, is credible for certain flu vaccines. What's happened, though, is because it seems to be credible for that. People think it's going to kill everything. And I'm not saying that it actually does. It does give people peace of mind. It gives them the ability to feel that they're actually actively doing something. If I had what I thought was the flu, which was a temperature coming on and the huge body aches, then I would do elderberry. But other than that, it's actually not in my first list. And what was the other thing? Vitamin C. Oh, and vitamin C. There's no one a bigger fan of vitamin C than I. However, see, vitamin C is back to the conversation of how do we build the immune system? And, and that's part of the plan is building it. But the thing is, you really, it's, it's hard to build an immune system quick enough for it to attack the pathogens that you have right now. It, it, and it's, it, it can be helpful. And yes, I always take a thousand milligrams t- twice a day. Now, I'm a, I am totally on board with an IV of vitamin C. But it would be in my secondary list, even though it's kind of done the elderberry thing, which is, you know, tradition has shown it to be beneficial. So let's take a lot of vitamin C. Nothing wrong with it. It's just not in my first toolbox. I gave a lecture the other night uh, to a big group of people, and I found this poem that was just resonated with me so well. And I actually want to read this uh, on a more often occasions as the time goes on in the future, because this is where it is. This is where I see people divided into two groups, those who are going to be better and those who are not. I'm not sure who wrote this, but I don't divide the world into the weak and the strong or the successes and the failures, those who make it or those who don't. I divide this world into learners and non-learners. And the more I think about that, the more applicable that has been in my life when I counsel people. Well, that's it for this week's episode of The Holistic Navigator. Thank you so much. Until next time, I'm Ed Jones. And remember this, whenever a doctor cannot do good, he must be kept from doing harm. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Holistic Navigator podcast. For more information and previous episodes, visit www.theholisticnavigator.com.